listen or watch it on YouTube if you didn't catch it. It was very helpful. And what I want to ask you this morning, the first question I want to put to you this morning, is this armor that we talked about, where do we put that on? I realize this is a metaphor, but thinking about the soldier going into battle, at what point does he think I could do with some armor? The answer is quite logical. It's not in the middle of the battlefield. He doesn't get into battle and think, where was my sword the last time I used it? Okay? It's a little bit like us getting dressed for church this morning. Not one of you arrived undressed, praise the Lord. Okay? I watched. Everyone was fully clothed, and we thank you for that. That is our practice here. It would not have been good to arrive and then think, where's my clothes? Okay? In the same way, I want to put it to you that if nothing else I say this morning resonates, that you would at least think about this armor. And if we are putting that on, and we do need to put it on, thinking about where, where are we when we do it? And we're in retreat. We're in a place of safety and rest. We have clear heads to think what to put on, what do we need? There's a book called Invitation to Retreat that I would recommend to anyone who's interested in this topic. And in the book, the author Ruth Haley Barton gives us her take on this part of Ephesians 6. She says, the evil one is never done stirring up trouble and instigating new skirmishes. No matter how far along we are in the spiritual life, there is no time when retreat or strategic withdrawal ceases to be an essential practice. The battle lines might be drawn in different places at different stages of our lives, but retreat is always a practice we can engage when we too are tired or wounded, lacking in wisdom, or seeking more offensive approaches to engaging the fight. Retreat is a time when we are strengthened for battle, putting on the whole armor of God that Paul describes so specifically. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. So if you agree with this lady and you agree with me, what does that look like to retreat? It's a big idea and it sounds wonderful, but what does it look like in real life? What I'm going to suggest to you is that rest and retreat need to be part of our living rhythms. So if we think about all living creatures, think about animals, think about agriculture, think about gardening. There are seasons. There are purposes in each season. So when we plant things in our garden, our soil needs to be prepared. We need to plant seeds. We need to water them, get them enough sunlight. We might need to protect them from the birds. Then we let them grow, and then we harvest them, and then we enjoy them, and then we let the soil rest. Okay, that's, we can all understand that. And something that's really helpful to me when I think about this, and it may seem obvious, so forgive me for pointing it out, but we are also living creatures. We are not robots. We are living creatures that have been created lovingly in the same way nature um, and, and the world around us has been. And as living things, we need rhythms too. And what I'm going to invite you to think about this morning is, could this summer season be a change in your rhythm? 
Is there a transition season right now where we can go from busy and all the work we've been involved in this year, this first six months of the year, is it the opportunity to transition into a season of rest and retreat? Does your rhythm need to change? I think it's worth considering. So what would it look like to be in physical and spiritual retreat? It might involve taking away distractions. That seems pretty obvious, but if your calendar is full, where does your body rest? If you're constantly serving, where's the gap for the Lord to speak to you, a minister to your heart, not for everyone else, but just for you? Sometimes it's about saying no to things, even really good things. Think about the concept of a healthy boundary where you're only going to give certain things your time and energy. And that healthy boundary looks like saying no. It looks like taking things off a calendar. It looks like creating gaps where you don't know what's happening and that's okay. It involves spending time with the Heavenly Father where you don't have a set-by-set reading plan and study plan and a timer for your prayer. And I'm not saying any of that's bad or we should, but I think in certain seasons, we need to let go of it. It may be that a season of fasting might be helpful for this. Not necessarily with food and consumption, but um, maybe with entertainment, maybe with social media. Sometimes taking those things away in a period of fast can be really helpful. And if that's a new concept to you, um, speak to us after, because as a church, we do fasting regularly throughout the year. We have lots of teaching on it. We have books we can recommend. If you think that would be helpful to you to do this rest and retreat, please ask. It may involve silence. Who's comfortable with silence? Not many. I've had to learn to be. What I'm going to say, though, is that if we truly want to hear from the Lord, if we want to hear from our bodies, we want to hear what's going on and recognize what we need, there needs to be silence. Physically, I think we need silence in our environment. But when that's not possible, we can have silence in our minds. If you imagine all the stuff that's in your head, and every single one of you has, has lots of thoughts right now, your thoughts of this service, when are we going to end, what have you got to do after, what time do you need to leave for the castle tonight, what have you to do for work tomorrow, who needs what from you, you have all these things, and they're good things, I'm not saying get rid of them, but if you can imagine a curtain parting, where you just set them just to the side, and then there's a gap, there's your silence, and you might have to keep pushing it to keep things at the side for a minute. But in that silence, there is rest and there's space. And even if it's just to nourish ourselves, that's enough. But it could be to hear something. I know this is really difficult, but what I'm going to say is practice makes permanent. If you can be truly silent for one minute a day for a week, you will be able to extend it to two minutes the next, day, the next week. You'll never be perfect, so take that off the table. Not one of us will ever get this right. But practice will make permanent. To enter into this season will be intentional. It won't mean collapsing in exhaustion and then saying, this is my period of rest. That's not what this is. It actually takes quite a bit of energy to fully retreat and to be spiritually retreated and hearing from our Heavenly Father. If you're at the point where you're ready to collapse with exhaustion, let's look at looking after your body and your mind right now and getting you to back up to a point where you have enough energy to even talk about this stuff. 
and that's okay to be at that point. We need to be physically, have enough health and strength to be able to engage in this practice, and it is a practice. So if you agree that maybe we have a point here, maybe this is something we should consider, what would be the outcome? How would we know we're actually engaging in this rhythm? There's a lot of answers to this, and I'm just going to suggest a few. The first one would be intimacy with the Father should be deepened. We think about the example of Jesus um, in his earthly ministry. There are many examples of him retreating. So going into the wilderness, for example, Matthew 4 records it for us. If we think about him going into the wilderness for to fast, pray, that's retreat. And in the kindest way, I want to say that if Jesus made that a priority and it's recorded in scripture, why do we feel we don't need that? And I'm saying this to myself as well. Why do I think I have some ability that I have no need to do this? I have no need to take myself away. If Jesus needed it in the kindest way, you need it too. Yeah? I think that these seasons will also mature our faith. So if, you th if you've been here for a while and you've been at our midweeks, we've been talking about resilient discipleship, about deep roots, all those things. And we've had months talking about this stuff and it's been really helpful. But if you think about becoming more resilient, deepening your roots and your faith, it's going to result in a maturity. And that maturity should equate being able to rest, to be able to follow the example of Scripture, to be able to extend our reach, to really reach people in the way that we want to, in the kingdom way that we were singing about. We need to have a certain maturity and intimacy with the Father that just doesn't come if we are constantly doing and moving and filling our minds and our calendars with stuff. How will we know how to extend the kingdom if we're not listening? I think hearing his voice will be one of the key benefits, one of the key blessings of this. I want to think about the way that um, the Lord revealed himself to Elijah. So you're probably very familiar with this, um, these few verses from 1 Kings, but I am going to read it to you now. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. The Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Whisper suggests close proximity. So I could stand in the corner of the room and holler something, and you probably all would hear me. But that's in no way personal. I want everyone to hear that. And I do believe that the creator of heaven and earth could absolutely boom out of the sky. And I know that he does reveal himself in lots of different ways. But we're encouraged a lot in scripture when it comes to relationship to, to be able to hear a whisper. It suggests being close enough. It suggests a good relationship. If I come and whisper something to you, I feel really comfortable being up in your ear. We haven't just met If we're constantly moving, constantly serving, constantly busy, with, even with great things, how can we hear that whisper? And I'm asking myself as much as I'm asking all of you this morning. 
I think that these seasons, these rhythms of rest and retreat, will also improve our relationship with others. If you think about a person who's really comfortable um, with having some rest time, they are in tune with what they're meant to be, they're in tune with their calling, you know, they're, they're at peace. They're a really good person to be around. Think about someone who is very um, busy and is heading towards burnout. Maybe doing the right things. Can they really read a room? Can they really read what you're going through? Can they be attentive to your needs? They, they can't. We've all been there. We've done that. We've been that person who's been so busy that we've overlooked someone who actually really needed us. And for that, I'm not saying that in condemnation. I'm saying it with there is, um, there is forgiveness, there is learning. We're all on this together, but we need to work on this. We need to make sure we're not missing the, the people that are right in front of us because we're so busy and we haven't left a gap for the Lord to point out and say, I need you to minister to this person. This person needs a hug or a word or a meal. There's times of blessing in these rhythms. There's refreshing, there's rejuvenation. You know if you rest your body physically, you feel refreshed. It goes the same with your mental health, with your spiritual health. I also think that there can be a, a room for renewed vision. And this is, this is a really important one that I don't want you to miss. A renewed vision for your calling. And I'm not talking about the chosen few here. Yes, I think that a pastor of a church needs a calling and he should have a good vision for that. I think if you are involved in public ministry, you need a good vision, absolutely. Every single one of us has a calling. It's not just the people in the public eye. There is more kingdom work done in our everyday lives than there ever is done in this. There are people in your life, your family, your community, people you come in contact with, and you are literally, you're the only light. You are the only voice of hope. You're the only signpost to Jesus in their life. That is your calling. And it is so important. And we need to have a vision for that. Even if it's one person on this earth you're called to minister to, and that's your earthly ministry, you need to have a vision of what that is, what the Lord wants to do through you, what the Lord wants to say to that person, how you're supposed to practically help them. If you don't have a season of rest, how are you going to know what that is? You could easily overlook that. So this really is essential, not just for us, but for the kingdom. So if you agree with some of this, what would it look like? So on the far end of the scale, we could think, well, a log cabin in the woods with no technology and a fire. Actually, that sounds really lovely to me, actually. But um, realistically, there's not many of us who could engage in that, okay? Um, and I think there's a big scale of that from where we are right now. And what I'm going to say is this isn't something I can prescribe. I can't say, oh, well, this is what you need to do or you need to do. It's not something that Grace Community Church can say, right, everyone, retreat this month. You need to do this, these five steps. It is so individual. It also has to be a choice. And in the kindest way that I can do this, I'm going to say this is on you individually. It is a choice to enter into a season of rest and retreat. That's my choice. So if I leave here today and I leave this talk here and I just go on with my life, that's not just me ignoring it. That's me choosing not to engage in this. And that's your choice as well. It's not easy. It is so much easier 
to be busy and to look a certain way, say the right things, engage in the right activities. And it is difficult. But as I said earlier, practice makes permanent. And I think that maybe doing it alongside other people might be helpful as well. You need to think about what it looks like in your life. Are you too busy? Are your quiet times too prescriptive and rushed? Are you relying on a Sunday morning to fill you up with all that you need to know for the week? Because it is not enough. There is not, the person standing in front could not possibly minister and say, this is all the things you need to do for the kingdom this week. We can't do that. You need to work out where's the gap, where does there need to be a gap? And summertime is a good time to transition into this. And the thing about it is if we do this well, when we enter into our next season, so maybe your next season is very much moving forward. It's extending the kingdom. It's practical. It's busy. It's, it's, it's feet on the ground kind of work. You will be so refreshed and ready for it. Your vision will be refreshed. You'll have a clear vision of what you need to do, of what your role is. You'll be a good listener. You'll be ready to engage with people. That's what we're aiming for. What I'd like to do as I finish, and I promise I'll be done in five minutes. I don't want anyone to run away. We're going to do a five-minute retreat in your seat because I like things that rhyme. And also because lots of you are going, this is just pie in the sky, I can't do this. And I'm telling you that we all can because you're all going to give me five minutes because you're here and you can't leave now. So for five minutes, it's not going to hurt. I want you to just to close your eyes and relax in your seat, get comfortable. Okay, so relax in your seat. And I want you just to take a, a deep breath through your nose and out through your mouth. And just do that a couple of times so that we're all settled down again. And as we sit here for a moment in the presence of the Lord, don't even think about the people around you. Don't think about me. This is just you sitting on your chair. And I want you just to imagine just entering into a time with your Heavenly Father. He's with you. He's got his arm around you. He's saying, I'm glad you're here. Love you. I see you. And I know you've maybe entered into today and you've sat down and you've carried a lot of burdens in with you. Maybe there's people in your heart that you're burdened for. Maybe there's stuff in your life that you're dealing with that's really big and it weighs on your shoulders. Maybe there's pain. Maybe it's an upsetting day for you. Maybe it's a stressful day. I want you to think about all of those thoughts, all of those worries and burdens. And imagine them contained in a little box on your knee. They're no longer on your shoulders. They're no longer on your heart. They're just sitting on your knee. And in this moment, just for a few minutes, I want to imagine we're going to give these boxes to our Heavenly Father. Now, if your mind's wandering away and you're getting distracted, just take a breath and bring yourself back into your chair. And just for a little moment, he's going to hold those. And we're going to take a breath and we're going to enjoy the sense of the presence of the Lord with us. He doesn't need anything from us. No one needs you right now. 
You are loved, you are seen, you are cherished. And he delights in you. Just for a moment, I'm going to be totally silent. We're going to sit in silence. And we're going to enjoy sitting with our Heavenly Father for one minute. And if you, again, if you feel your mind wander, take a breath, bring yourself back with us. Your Heavenly Father wants you to know that you are loved and you're seen and you're heard. And he knows the little box of things that you're carrying. And he is with you and he has compassion and mercies towards you this morning. And as we finish this little retreat, in your heart and your mind now, I want you to think about what you would like to express gratitude for. What would you like to say thank you to your Heavenly Father for? It may be this time together. It may be someone blessing you this week. Maybe your salvation. Maybe your health. It may be for his presence with you that he has carried you this far. And I want you to express that in your heart and your mind now to your Heavenly Father as he sits with his arm around you and says, You're welcome. I love you. You are mine. As we finish, just take a nice deep breath and I'm going to pray for us and then Paul and the team are going to come and lead us in a song. Lord, I thank you for this time together. Lord, I thank you for these precious people. Lord, I pray that they would know their worth in you. They would know the value they have in you, Lord, that they are all precious and created and wonderfully made. And Lord, I pray you would help us with this season. If we're going to enter into rest and retreat, I ask you would help us all because we need it. We need your presence with us. We need your guidance. And Lord, we thank you that you promise it to us, that we're not grasping at straws. We thank you that you're here waiting to help us with this. Bless these thoughts to us today, Lord. In your name we pray. And everybody say it. Amen.